Welcome to the home of the blessed people. And here is our host pastor, Pastor Dio Adeomo. Everybody say manifest. The word manifest simply means to show up, to take the place and position God has prepared for us even before the foundation of the world. The gifts and callings for manifestation. In the earlier service, in the, which I took the part one, I want to encourage you, you can go on Spotify or our website to go and look at that message and see that message because it's like a forerunner for what I'm about to share with you. In that message, I really talked about the gifts, about the gifts. The message is gifts and calling. So the part one focused on the gifts. You see, as a child of destiny, to step into the era of manifestation, we must understand the gifts and then the callings of God upon our life. Without understanding, without a deep understanding of the gifts and the callings, we will not be able to manifest to the degree we ought to manifest in our world. Because there is a point, there is a time in a man's life that he will sense a demand, a demand upon his life for something greater than himself, something greater than his personal life. That is what we call calling. When that sense comes, when that demand comes, when we feel that demand on our life, that is when we step into our calling. We talked about so many things this morning. We talked about uh, uh, various things, like our gifts are not the same, like our gifts manifest God's ability, our gifts require good stewardship. Many reasons why people's gifts don't come alive is bad stewardship. They are not good stewards, not good custodians of what God has given them. They are careless with the gift. They are not disciplined with the gift. They, are not, they, are, they expose themselves to different kinds of environments with the gift. And the gift goes chromatose. The gift enters a state of coma. As so to speak, so as to speak. Our gift should be the area of operation in our lives. We should make sure, because many people in life are looking for competence. Competence does not operate in, in vacuum. Competence, when, when you see a person of competence, you submit your views to that person. He's an authority in the field. And the area of authority that God has given unto us is the gift he has put on the inside of us. So how can we be people of authority or competence when we have not even known, recognized our gifts? So gifts are very important. They form the core of our lives. Praise God. We talked this morning about the four areas we need to focus on to be able to recognize our gifts. The first one was talent. Our talent. What is talent? Talent is what can, we can do naturally. It comes to us so natural. It, we do it with ease. Talent. I don't have time to go over this. I'm being tempted. Thank God my wife is not around. If she was around, she would have told me, focus on the message now. You are going to the one last week. Praise God. Or last. Amen. The second one is passion. Talent, passion, your experiences, and lastly, your training. 
By the time you mix these four together, you will discover your gift. The people in the first service had to go home with an assignment to go discover their gifts, to go find their gifts this week. Praise God. Another simple exercise you can use to find your gift is asking people who are so close to you, people who are close to you, people who love you. Make sure they love you. Amen. And they are close to you. Because like I told you about your gift, sometimes it's so natural to you that you don't recognize it. You don't know you have it. It's so natural because you do it with ease. People talk, comment about it, but you see it as nothing. It's nothing to you because it's so simple. It's so easy. Praise God for you. Amen. And, and uh, it could be your smile. Some people have the gifts of, of smiling. You don't know that even smiling is a gift. Because no matter how angry anybody is, once you just do that smile, you just see anger fades away. Even when people are not comforted when you smile, there's something about your smile that brings healing, that brings deliverance. And you see, it's so simple to you, you don't know that uh, this smiling can take you to the nations. It's the next poster for COVID-19. For the COVID-19 cure. You don't know that you're smiling. Praise God. The Bible says, a merry heart doeth good like a medicine. I laugh a little bit. All right, praise God. You don't know that your gifting is, 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 is consolation, for example. There was a man in the scriptures, they called him Barnabas. His nickname was actually Barnabas. He's the son of consolation. Barnabas was that fellow, if you had anything going on in your life, let him just speak a word or two. Let him just speak three sentences, and all your problem will look as if it's gone away. He will console you. He will strengthen you. He will encourage you. Some of you have gifts like that. So go around this week. Make sure you ask one or two or three. I recommend five of your friends to say one or two things they see about you, the gift that you have. When you make a discovery of them, then come back to the drawing board because this is a series we are doing. At the time the Lord is done with you, you'll be a brand new fellow. You'll be ready to take your world. Hallelujah. Praise God. Are you glad to be in church this morning? Come on, I appreciate Jesus that you are here this morning. Now, in the first service, we focus on the gifts. In this one, we want to focus on the callings. And we'll differentiate between the gift and the callings of God. Our gifts is God's investment into our lives. When you were born, God put it, encoded it in your DNA. It's a gift, and it's on the inside of you. Whether you know it or not, whether you recognize it or not, that gift is on your inside. Come on, tell your neighbor, I have a gift. But our calling is our own investment into other people's lives. Our calling is our own investment into people's lives. Again, I take it. Gifts is God's investment into your life. Calling is your investment to others. What is the difference between gifts and callings? A gift is what God has given to you. What do you do to what has been given to you? You receive it. 
A gift is what God has given to you. A calling is what you are giving to the world. As people of destiny, we are people of gifts and we are a people of calling. You are not complete without the gift and the calling. If you ask a lot of people today, over 7 billion people all over the world, what is your gift? Some don't know. Some know. What is your calling? Some know. Some don't know. That is what makes the difference between those who, are, who will win in life and who will lose in life. Gifts and calling. I was, as I was saying in the morning, the gifts is not only spiritual gifts. There are some secular gifts, natural gifts people have. People in the world who don't have Christ, that's why you see them excelling. It's simply because they have discovered their gift. It's a God thing. God put it in the inside of them. God created them. Are you listening to me this morning? Tell somebody I have a gift. I have a gift. Say it like you mean it. If you don't say it with confidence, people will quickly know that. Uh, let me change position. Say, say it like you mean it. I have a gift. I have a calling. You do have it. It doesn't matter what stage you are, whether you've discovered yours or not. It's there. And this is one of the core cause of this church is to help you discover your destiny. Praise God. So pay attention today. This is one of the reasons why you are in this church. It's for you to be able to discover what we are talking about. A gift is what God has given you, like I said. A calling is what you are giving to the world. When it comes to gifting, you receive it. When it comes to calling, you are the gift. You are the gift when it comes to calling. For example, I say this with all humility. In this church this morning, I'm a gift to you. With all humility. Amen? When it comes to calling, you are the gift. You may be gifted, but if you have a sense of calling for your gifts... If you don't have a sense of calling for your gifts, it's of no benefit to people. It's of no benefit to humanity. If you are gifted and there's no sense of calling. There are a lot of people with gifts, but no sense of calling. And there are a lot of people with callings, but no gifts. It's vice versa. So this morning, let us quickly focus on our calling. Let's get a better understanding of calling so that we can pursue our call in life. Thank you, Father. So calling, I want to explain it in three dimensions. But I'm going to focus on one particular dimension today. The first one is the general calling. Everybody say general calling. General calling is a call to the whole human race, to the whole humanity, to receive Jesus Christ. Because the Bible says there's no other name amongst mankind that men can be saved for the salvation of their souls. That's a general call. When we are all called to Christ, everybody say general call. There's also another call, the second call, which I want to talk about, is the Christian calling. That when you get into Christ, there's another call on your life. And that call... This is a call to all Christians to be like Christ. To whom he did foreknow, he did predestinate to be conformed to the image of him 
that is the firstborn, whom he called, he justified them, he justified, he also glorified. God has called you and I to be like Christ. He said, to this end, why ye called, that you should follow in his steps. There is a calling on your life, even after you have received the general call to be in Christ, you are called also to be like Christ. First call is to be in, second call is to be like. Now the third one, which is the one I'm focusing on today, is your vocational call or your vocational calling. The call to walk for Christ. There's a call to be in Christ. There is a call to be like Christ. There is a call to walk for Christ. That's the one I'm focusing on today. To walk for Christ. Oh, somebody reminded me in the first service, now in the second service, please, a thousand apologies to those watching us all over the world. Ladies and gentlemen, please join me in welcoming our international audience today. Hallelujah. Oh, you can do better than that. <coughs> Praise God. This is a calling to all Christians. Your vocational call is to manifest God's kingdom in our lives. It's not just to be in Christ. It's not just to be like Christ, but also to manifest the kingdom that Christ represents. We are Christ's representatives. Glory be to God. Under our vocational calling, we have two segments. Vocational call now, two segments. There is one, a call into altar ministry or a call into ministry. Let's not differentiate it. A call to ministry, a call to the sacred nature of, of ministry. That is, a call to fivefold, a call to do the, the, the things of God in a full-time capacity. And also, a call to the circular. A call to the circular. So we have a call into ministry and a call to circular. Excuse me, no call is greater than the other. It's the same call. Praise God. I'm a pastor by God's grace. Praise God. And uh, oftentimes, we folks in the pulpit ministry, we try to make our own call more superior to your own. That you are dealing with men. We are dealing with God. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> it's all the same. Amen? A call is a call. Father Abraham, was he a pastor? Is uh, he... Is the father of the of the Christian race? What was his profession? What was his vocation? Who can tell me what Abraham was? Nobody's telling me. Huh? Abraham was a businessman. Oh, okay. Before I knock your theology, let me go on with this. Praise God. We are all working for God, whether it's in circular or whether on the pulpit. We are all doing what? Working for God. Whether it's a musician, whether it's a teacher in school, 
That's your vocation. Your calling is to mold the mind of young people as they grow. That's your call. Whether it's a musician, whether it's a doctor. Doctor, you are participating in the healing ministry. You are participating in making people well for the community, for the society, for humanity. It's a call. Praise God. Whether you're a lawyer, you are keeping the justice system straight and narrow. God is a God of justice as well. Praise God. So if you see your business, ladies and gentlemen, as a ministry, your whole perspective for that business will change. If you take your own business, sometimes people don't see this. And that's why I want to quickly correct this. You are, that is a calling right there. If you see it as what? As a ministry. Some say, oh, pastor, you can't, bring, you can't bring Bible here. You can't bring Christianity into business. I say, what? That is where we miss it. <laughs> That's where we miss it. <laughs> we miss it big time. We can't bring Christianity into where? Aren't we supposed to bring him everywhere we go? We are supposed to take God to the marketplace. We are supposed to take God to our business world. We are supposed to take God to the academic world. How do we bring God into all these things, into all these vocations? Praise God. Because I get, I get fatalled when people tell me statements like that. Oh, this is not church. This is not about God here. They want to separate Government and state. You don't do that. You bring God everywhere. Especially of late uh, on jo social justice issues. How it seems as if the church and social justice issues are conflicting. I said, no, they are not. We just need to bring godly principles into whatever we do. Hallelujah. In fact, social justice without God is not justice. Oh, I repeat that. Social justice without God is not justice. It has to be God. It has to be a God thing. And if we are not careful, even social justice is blaming God for everything or blaming the Bible for everything. So Christians learn to stand up. For putting God in every area of your life. Are you listening to me? I know I roughened some feathers there, but it's okay. It's the truth of God's word. And the truth will make you free. How do people receive their calling? Because I know, yeah, I can identify. A few people are called to social justice, even in this ministry. But take your God with you. That's what will make you distinguished and shine. Because if you are in a world out there, you don't have God there, you're a copycat. What can make you stand out is what I'm talking about. If you copy others, you are not original. You can't stand out in seven billion people. But when you do yours differently, when you do yours with a core, hallelujah, surely you will stand out. Are you listening to me? So how do people receive their calling? Let's go there so that we can understand 
I'm going to mention six characters in the Bible thereabout, how they received their calling, and then we'll call it a day. We'll continue some other time. Are you blessed this morning? Okay, so that we can understand callings, we will go into the scripture to see the ways, the pattern, and how God calls people. Yes, they have a gift, but how does he call them? Because some of us will have such encounters and we don't see it as a calling because we are only used to one pattern of God calling us or God calling people. And I will show you different shades and forms. Praise God. If you don't mind, I might mention names. Praise God. But let me leave that alone. Number one, Moses. Moses had what I called a sovereign revelation. Not everybody will be called this way. It's a sovereign what? Revelation. Let me move quickly. Exodus, Exodus chapter 3. Let's take verses 6, then verses 9 to 10. It seems my yelling has been working. Uh, have you noticed the speed at which my people put on the scriptures now? Come on, put your hands together over there. I told her one day, I said, you are a rookie. She said, no, pastor, I'm not a rookie. I said, you are a rookie. She said, no. I said, prove it. Today she has proved it, that she's not a rookie. Amen. I won't reveal that name yet. All right. Moreover, he said, I am the God of thy father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon him or to look upon God. Verses 9 and 10. Now therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel is come unto me. And I have also seen the oppression with which the Egyptians have oppressed them. Verse 10. Come now therefore. Everybody say, come now. Therefore. And says, and I will send thee unto Pharaoh, and thou mayest bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. That was the call. Moses saw God technically and practically face to face. God gave him clear description. God gave him the call. With It was crystal clear. It wasn't guesswork. God told him, this is what I want you to do. What kind of calling did I call that? Sovereign call. Write it down. Sovereign revelation. Write it down. Praise God. So Moses was quite different. Moses had two kinds of callings, really. At the age of 40, he had something uh, the Bible describes, he came to his heart. Because that's a kind of call, too. He came to his heart. In Acts chapter 7, Acts chapter 7, verses 23 to 25, you could see uh, Stephen narrating that experience. He said, it came to his heart that what? It was time, okay, let's read it, 23 to 25. And when he was full 40 years of age, it came into his heart to visit his brethren, the children of Israel. He came to his heart to visit them, and there was a purpose for that visitation. Now, 24, and seeing one of them suffer wrong, he defended him and avenged him that was oppressed and smote the Egyptian. 25. 25. For he supposed his brethren would have understood 
how that God by his hand would deliver them. But they did what? They understood it not. Praise God. So he first received the calling. This time it wasn't an encounter. It wasn't a sovereign revolution, uh, revelation. It only came to his heart. So there are times things will just come to your heart. It's a call. See, from then, the brethren did not understand it. It was a call. When that happened and it did not work, when that happened and it did not work, secondly, at the age of 18, he had an encounter. <laughs> brethren, this is interesting. I was clearing my throat. <clears throat> All right. Praise God. Now, listen to me. He had an encounter. There was bush. There was fire. And at the time, the bush was talking to him. <laughs> Praise God. If I receive calling like that, if I receive calling like that, hey, glory be to God. Huh? It was very dramatic at 84. Very dramatic. Now, let me quickly tell you. This is how 90% of the people in the world want to receive their calling. By dramatic. Let me quickly announce to you before time. You will not receive it by dramatic. All right. Praise God. Me, I looked for a lot of things. Say, this is bush and I look for a lot of things to just speak. Just something. <laughs> now. Praise God. I believe strongly because I did some level of studies on this too. I believe strongly that it's because Moses had some level of inferiority complex too. That's why God had to be dramatic in his call. Praise God. You see, even after all this experience, he still told God, you know me, I can't speak. Ah! Who's talking to you? You say, guys, <laughs> you can do all things through Christ. In fact, you'll be looking for what to do. You'll be looking for what to do. But you could tell he was such a person that wasn't in that frame of mind at all. Anyway, let us go on. So, number one, like I said, it's by what? Sovereign revelation. Let's look at David, the second person. He received a prophetic revelation. David was different. David didn't see any burning bush. He didn't have any encounter. In fact, David was found. In 1 Samuel 16.1, please help me put it on the screen again. 1 Samuel 16.1, there was something that happened. It was Saul that missed it. David was just doing his own thing. He was doing a normal thing. The Bible says he was just taking care of his father's sheep. He was just being a good boy, a good boy in a good house. That's all. Until Samuel came to locate him. He wasn't pursuing any ministry. He wasn't pursuing any calling. He was doing his own thing, gingerly, like some people will say. He was just doing his own thing, you know, like that. Until he was located. And the Lord said unto Samuel, how long will you mourn for Saul? Saying, I've rejected him from reigning over Israel. Fill thine horn with oil and go. I will send thee to Jesse, the Bethlehemite. For I have provided me a king amongst his sons. At this point, even 
excuse me, even Samuel did not know who David was. Praise God. Thank you. All he knows is that he's a son of Jesse. Some received their calling in life, not because they were pursuing something, but because someone discovered them. Psalm 89, verse 20. He said, I have found my servant David, and with the holy oil have I anointed him. I found him. He was doing his own thing, but I found him. I speak over somebody's life, God will locate you. I said, God will locate you. He said, I found my servant David, and with the holy oil have I anointed him. David's call came through somewhere. Some of you are here, your 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 calling might come through your pastor. Praise God. Sometimes it's not you having an encounter like Moses did. You are not in the, in the bush or, 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 or had a dramatic encounter. But you are busy doing your own thing and you are discovered. That is how some people's destiny will be. Number three. Number three. Number three is Joseph. Joseph, you can put it there, private revelation. What did I call it? What was Moses? Sovereign revelation. What about David? I didn't hear you. Prophetic revelation. Joseph is a private revelation. In Genesis 37, from verses 5 to 7, Genesis 37, from verses 5 to 7. And Joseph dreamed a dream, and he told it to his brethren, and they hated him yet the more. Joseph, very funny guy. Those kind of dreams, you don't tell your brothers. (laughs) <laughs> Praise God. Okay, let's go on. Uh, and he said unto them, Hear ye, I pray you, this dream which I have dreamed. Okay? Instead of him to keep quiet after the first one. Say, For behold, we were binding sheaves in the field, and lo, my chef arose, and also stood upright. And behold, your sheaves stood round about and made an obeisance. That is, they bow to my own sheep. How can you tell that kind of dream to your to your to your brothers? That's why I know that Joseph of an authority is not from one particular part of the world, because in one particular part of the world, that is serious home training. He won't even do that. Praise God. He had a dream. What it meant, we don't all truly know, but he interpreted it himself, that he will rise above his brothers. Thank you. He encountered something, and he believed that he would be great. He's called. Excuse me, was Joseph called? Yes. What was his calling? He just just had a dream. Praise God. And he believed in that which he has seen. 
He knew the dream had to do with his future, his tomorrow, and he believed it. He believed it. Many pastors in the world we live in today, they are called this way. And they are great pastors. They never had a voice. God never called them in a dramatic way or in any way that is spectacular. They just believed in the future. And they gave their best to it. And it's a call. Just a personal conviction based on what they see and perceive. Just a picture of a future they know is real. And they are convinced about it. It's a call. Perhaps there's somebody here today. You have dreamt a dream that you know this is real. Look, that's your call right there. You've been waiting and thinking God will give you a dream or a prophet will come and come and give you accuracy prophecy. That, oh, from your mother's womb you are called, you are chosen, you are ordained. Look, Abraham, did he receive any angel come tell him anything when he was born that he's going to be the father of many nations? He didn't receive anything like that. Amen. So all these things are callings. Whether it's a private revelation, whether it's a sovereign revelation, or whether it is what? Yeah, I said private. Prophetic or sovereign. It doesn't matter. Number four, let's do it because of our time. Elijah and Elisha. Elisha and Elijah. You see, you have, to, you have to try and distinguish it, otherwise you can be confused yourself. Elisha and Elijah. Which one was the first? Are you sure? Okay. Then the one that was second is who? <laughs> okay, I like how somebody, somebody says Sha. <laughs> they are both a lie. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Now, how Elisha received his revelation or received his call. His own call was from his mentor. Elisha did not receive any word from heaven. He received his call from his mentor. First Kings chapter 19, verses 15 and 16, then you go to verse 19. Verses 15 and 16, then you go to verse 19. This is interesting. Glory be to God. And the Lord said unto him, Go, return on thy way to the wilderness of Damascus. And when thou comest, anoint, anoint Hazel to be king of Syria. Yes. And Jehu, the son of Nimish, shall thou anoint to be king over Israel. And Elisha, the son of Shaphat, of that name. <laughs> Shall thou anoint to be prophet in thy room. That's just to encourage some people to wake up. Glory be to God. Amen. Now God gave him instructions to go and anoint certain people. Amen. Verse, that's verse 19. Okay. So he departed thence and found Elisha the son of Shaphat, who was plowing 
with 12 yoke of oxen before him. And he with the 12. And Elijah passed by him and cast his mantle upon him. That was all. Praise God. He just cast his mantle upon him. Amen. Let me ask you a question. Was Elisha called? Yes. In fact, the person whom through God called him, he did more miracles than him. Praise God. He was called. How was he called in this? Did he hear any voice from God? No. But a mantle came upon him. A mantle by his mentor. Now, it will look as if they don't have any relationship. Obviously, they do. Because how would they have located him? Praise God. Obviously, he knew who he was. Amen? This is when a mentor places a demand on you. Amen. Amen. Well, some people will already be knowing scriptures now. Will be seen because I do have some protégés in this church that I put a demand on. Sometimes they fight me. Sometimes they are not happy about me. But you see, they don't understand that they have a call on their lives. They don't. They don't. They just think, oh, I'm here to just have church. Sorry! You are not just here to have church. You are here to fulfill destiny. And as one called of God, when God gives me instructions, that mantle will come on you. Praise God. Praise God. Now, I told you that you can't manifest without the gifts and call. The question is, do you know your call? Sometimes, pastor gives you an assignment and says, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. And I look at you. I look at you. And I'm still looking. Praise God. I hope you are picking something from this message. Amen. Because I want you to note something special here. Especially those of you that have a call to ministry. We are not all called the same way. God called Abraham. It was Abraham that called Isaac. Isaac did not hear anything from God. That he was called. Amen. Abraham heard directly from God. It does not mean Isaac will also hear directly from God. The way God deals with the first generation is not the same way he deals with the second generation. Selah. May God give you understanding. Number five, because of our time, I'm becoming a good boy these days. I look at time very much. Nehemiah. Nehemiah. He received a personal burden. His call was through a personal burden. Through a personal what? A personal burden. They brought news in Nehemiah chapter 1 verses 1 to 4. He only had news. He was a public servant. God did not speak to him directly. No, he did not see any burning bush. He did not have a private Revelation. All he had was news. News came to him and burden followed the news. He cried. He wept. Have you had 
seasons like that in your life. Maybe it's a news that doesn't even concern you. But you couldn't get that picture off your mind. Praise the Lord. Please read that when you get to Nehemiah 1, 1 to 4. Because of our time, I'm skipping that reading. Maybe you see an orphan. Maybe it's an orphan you see. You see an orphan on television. And you are just trying to sleep. But you can't get that picture of that orphan off your head. Or you see a homeless person on your way to church. Or on your way to work. On morning that is asking for spare change. And all that came upon you was that what can I do? You become restless. You, you become so, so restless. You can't get the picture out of your mind. You can't just have peace every time you are thinking about this category of people. You just saw something and burdened your heart. And all that you are praying for is an entrance to solve the problem around that life. Is that a legitimate call? Yes, it can come through burden inexplainable burden. Sometimes it just comes over you. You just begin to cry. You just begin to weep. You don't even know why you are weeping. All you just know is your tears are just falling down your face. And you cry uncontrollably. Praise God. That's a call right there. That's an encounter. Just news. Nehemiah just had news about what was happening in his father's land. And that was it. He took it up and thousands of generations later, we are still referring to what he did. Praise God. That's a call. Have you wept about situations before that don't even concern you? Have you been so burdened before about certain things in your life? Praise God. Amen. I remember a nickname I gave my son one time. Uh, this was his, his younger years. I don't think he was even up to 10 or maybe just 10, around 10, 10 or 12 years old. There was something that happened. He just saw, he was reading an article somewhere, then he read about that there are children around the world in certain countries that they go home, they go to bed hungry. So one way or the other, after reading this article, he, he, he got burdened and he started crying uncontrollably. He started crying. Then the following day, he decided to fast. I said, you fast? Okay, let's see where this will lead to. He fasted. And he was praying. And we have been teaching him some principles of giving that time. So he had some hundreds of dollars in his account. And he took all the money with tears in his eyes. He came to give it to me. Can we send it? Can we send it to those people? I said, really? Then I looked at the Bible. I saw a weeping prophet. I won't tell you his name, so you won't call him. So ever since then, we gave him that nickname around the house, in nutshell, a weeping prophet. Praise God. Hallelujah. Number six, quickly. Esther. 
this one, she received a demand from her people. A demand. A demand from her people. There are times in your life you do not think it in your heart. But people will make the demand. Come and speak for us. Come and do this for us. And the question will come, as the Lord puts you here for such a time like this. Esther was used to save a whole generation. She did not receive the call, but a demand was placed on her by people. It's a call. When there is a need, when there is a need, there is a need that brings or gives birth to this kind of call. This is when people demand you to play a role in their lives. While all these people, six characters I put before you, were they all called the same way? No. Can you relate to any one of these callings in your own life? Perhaps it's a body, perhaps it's a demand to play a role, perhaps it's a private revelation, perhaps it's a, a prophetic, prophetic revelation. Whatever way, whatever shape, can you relate to one of them? For somehow, God is calling you. Sometimes your calling will come because somebody failed, like in the case of David. David was busy doing his own thing, but the person God called messed up. And God calls you to come and fulfill. God comes, calls you to come and fill in. It's like you have been in the reserve bench. Some of you don't say, if you ask some of you, well, I don't know why I'm called. Yes, but there's a calling. You are in reserve bench. So that when the players miss it, God says, come, my boy, for this purpose were you born. This is the time to fulfill. Praise God, your destiny. At what point do you feel the call? Because of our time, let's go straight to what to do. What do you do with the call? Every call, it means, for every call, it simply means that there is a need to be met. All calls demand a response. It's either a yes or a no. I don't know is a no. This is where I don't know becomes a no. Are you listening to me? Is it a yes or a no? Callings have to do with times and seasons. That means the Lord's work requires haste. Say yes quickly and don't be passive to the call of God. All calls impose responsibility. All calls will put a demand on you. Lord, I can't speak is no excuse. Every calling has a risk element to it. I know today there are some people who have sensed a call on their lives. Some of you tripped it flippantly. Some of you said it's not time. Some of you have made up your minds that, well, until this, this, and this is done before I do this. Let me tell you. The king's work requires haste. You don't joke. And some of you, it's the demand, it's the responsibility that you are running away from. 
Don't let anybody replace you. Don't say you're available when it's not too late. Because when the call of God comes, it will put responsibility on you. You can't play for the rest of your life. You are not born to play. Even if you think life is a playing ground, it's not a play fair, it's a warfare. There is a demand on your life. Why? The world is waiting for you to manifest. And there are lots of people still in groaning, still in pains because you have not shown up. You are postponing the day of manifestation. God is saying it is time. What are you doing with your life? Yes, it will bring demand. You will cut off time with your friends. Yes. Every day is not a day to laugh forever. Praise God. You just just laugh, just laugh, and you think that's what life is all about, to just and laugh. No. Nothing wrong with gisting and laughing, but you cannot spend the rest of your life that way. Are you listening to me? That is a call. That is a call. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Have you been blessed this morning? Lift up your hands to heaven and begin to thank you. Thank you for listening. We hope you have been blessed by the word today. Please join our services every Sunday live at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. and our Bible study every Friday at 7 p.m. at 95 Church Street, St. Catharines. We hope you have a wonderful week ahead and God bless you.